Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. Today, I'm pleased to be talking with Carrie Bergman, Head of Coaching, and Kat Schulte, Head of Strengths Initiatives for AG Collaborative, a leadership development group in Zeeland, Michigan. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership, coaching, and why being intentional about goals is critical for everyone, students and adults alike. Carrie and Kat, thank you for having this conversation today. Thanks for having us. So being in education, we're constantly looking for ways to support students and adults as they develop their own leadership skills. Yet, when I say the word leadership, I know that it can look different for everyone, whether it's situational, positional, formal, informal. Uh, From your experience and the work you do, can you share how you would describe leadership to somebody listening to this, this episode? Yeah, yeah, it's a great place to start. Um, we talk a lot in our programs that like, you could Google leadership and there are 60,000 books and a lot of opinions on right, what right. it is and how to do it. And so like level setting uh, is the place that we start because we're in the leadership development space and it's good to know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we often offer a definition of leadership to participants in our programs um, It goes something like this. Uh, It's a process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others toward a goal. And there is, um, so it involves other people and it could be anyone. And we often really invite everyone to see themselves inside of leadership, inside the process of it, the action of it. Um, And a, a more succinct Flip that we love and we're ripping off from <laughs> Diana Chapman with the Conscious Leadership Group. Everyone should check out that website. There's a, a ton of resources and a really cool model for, for viewing leadership, but she offers this for a leader specifically. Um, and says that a leader is anyone that takes responsibility for their impact in the world. Hmm, I love and that. yeah, it feels like really timeless and relevant when you think about people who are in positions of leadership who may actually not be holding a lot of Mm -hmm. high responsibility for the impact they're they're creating, that it's accessible to anyone and it creates a lot of um, ownership of the impact that we have on the people around us. I really love that, both of those examples, because I I think probably what you're referring to at the beginning is when we say leadership, my mind automatically goes to a person in a position that is called a leader rather than what is it really that they're doing that is making a difference. So I love that you started that way. So a lot of your work centers on coaching. Uh, Can you describe the coaching model that you use and perhaps the types of people that would seek you out for support? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it, Kat. Head of coaching. Head of coaching. I'll put my head of coaching (laughs) hat on. We, we definitely, this is, goes kind of in line with our leadership model and our coaching model, but we work on the inner game. And whether you're in a program with us, with a group of other people, or you're in a one-on-one coaching relationship, we're going to turn up the volume on the awareness, like sense of self, self-awareness and who you are, what you care about, what makes you kind of quirky. <laughs> and the, the coach... And the beauty of coaching, one of my favorite things is like they get to hold up a mirror for the person receiving coaching. So they're they're getting to show up and bring real life scenarios and issues to a neutral third party that gets just to have a, a lot mm-hmm. of curiosity, deep listening, um, and presence 
that we don't experience very often in our reaction our interactions right. with people. Right. That's a great example. Yeah. I love the use of the word quirky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yes. We, I mean, we're all, humans are quirky and in a lot of different ways. And often we're kind of blind to the things that are our own quirks right. and strengths, gifts. And we right. need someone to, to help us understand that. Yeah, someone I was just talking with recently said, work your quirk. Like, the only thing yeah, we can do as yeah, humans is, yeah. is work with the stuff that makes us unique. So, yeah, I love, yeah. That. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. So, yeah. what are some of the benefits of coaching and leadership development? I mean, yeah. What, why? Carrie's kind of talking about some of this a little bit already. That self-awareness piece uh-huh. is huge. Um I feel like there's some articles floating around right now. This isn't new data. It's like mm-hmm. six or seven years old, but um, about 95% of people, this is from the work of Tasha Yurick. She wrote the book Insight. Um, okay. About 95% of us think we're self-aware. And the data shows that only about 10 to 15% of us actually are. Wow. Um and so, yeah, there's a huge gap there. And we know that people who are more self-aware perform better at work. You know, there's more better outcomes to get promoted more often. They lead more effectively. Um, I would argue relationships outside of work are probably thriving to a higher mm-hmm. degree. Um, and most of us are walking around thinking that's where we're at when right. we're not. And so that mirror that Carrie is alluding to, having someone there individually or even in a group be able to reflect back what what you're giving out, what your impact and your influence is when you walk into a room can be really powerful, especially when right. it's in a trusted, safe, objective place where people aren't concerned if it's going to threaten their job mm-hmm. or there's be these risks attached to it actually having that dedicated time to have someone there to really sit with them as they reflect. Um, One of the really cool components is with coaching and most of our development, really, it's the client who has the answers to their Mm -hmm. problems. Um, We all get into this point often where we feel like we're stuck. Often that's why people seek us out as there's this frustration or this pain point that keeps bugging us. We can't quite figure ourselves out of it. Uh, we feel like we've been spinning in our brains about something. Uh, and we sit with a coach who just gets really curious and asks a lot of questions and we solve our problem um, or find some solutions that we hadn't right. thought about before. And so it can be a really empowering moment too to realize I didn't need this person in a mentorship seat or in a director's seat to tell me what to do, but I have this power to really come up with these creative solutions for myself. I really like your connection to self-awareness. I can think of just a lot of examples. Um, You know, like even Mike's, you know, if if I walk into a room and tell a joke and no one laughs, I think Mm -hmm. I'm funny, but I, so I need somebody to to remind me once in a while, Mike, you're not that funny. Uh, Right. So live feedback. (laughs) But just even that mirror, holding that mirror up. I think that's, that's, helpful to know think about that way so regardless of age you know you know from children learning to interact with the world or adults wanting to be effective you know in their job or personally it seems like the art of giving and receiving feedback is uncomfortable at times for people and I think we probably all have struggled with that at some point so why do you believe that's the case and and what role do you think feedback and reflection would play in the coaching process 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love your example, just of like walking into a room, telling a joke and like you're receiving feedback, even non-verbally of right. like, that didn't land. You're not actually funny, Mike. Uh, and that might be true, but we're, we're interpreting all the information coming at us from the people around us all the time. Right. And sometimes we're making up the correct story about what their face means or <laughs> we're way off base, but we, we have often this like dialogue internally mm-hmm. that is letting us know how we're doing. And we've internalized messages from like from the culture we grew up in, from the teachers who kind of brought us up through school from our parents. And, and often that, that internal monologue is quite critical. And we also desperately want to know how are we doing like humans mm-hmm. just at the basic level want to know like am i doing what i'm supposed to am i do am i contributing like why am i here what is my impact um what do people think about me uh as much as we've grown and evolved i think there is this desire to really know like how how am i mm-hmm. and especially in the workplace i think we're desperate for that right to know how we're doing um and so I think in our development work, our leadership development work, we introduce feedback. We offer some structures around delivering feedback. Um, we usually build that in after we've done some work with folks around building trust at a team level and inter- interrelationally mm-hmm. because receiving and giving feedback is highly vulnerable, right? So we're like, oh, like, tell me how I'm doing, but don't really tell me because I'm worried it's going to, you know, sort of be devastating. And um, and often the feedback we have to offer one another is like, hey, human, you're amazing. And let me tell you how. And we may know that about each other or think that about each other, but the, the effort of actually saying it doesn't always register as a need because we think like, Oh, I bet Mike knows that he's hilarious, so I don't need to tell him. <laughs> and I was just preoccupied when he made that joke. Um, but inside a coaching context, that's like the coach's primary role. And they have no agenda other than I need to let this person know how amazing they are so they can do more of that. And we can all have more access to okay. that outside of this coaching room. So it sounds like it would help to practice. So practicing giving feedback, practice getting feedback, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the more we do it, it's like the muscle, right? We have, we have to build that yeah. muscle and then it'll become a little less uncomfortable, hopefully, the more reps we get. Yeah, yeah, feedback is a part of communication and mm-hmm. often people will say, this is my style of communicating, this is how I am. But really communication is just a skill that we can all learn, we can all practice. Um, and most of us don't learn much about how to communicate with one another in an academic or practice-based setting. We just learned from how our family communicated mm-hmm. or how our friends communicate. And so spending some time practicing makes a big difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. So speaking of practicing, what, what's your background? What led you both into this work helping others? Yeah, um, I noticed way back in my first job outside of college that um, I was much more interested in the humans I was working with than the actual work and product (laughs) we were producing. Uh, And so, and actually that was where I was introduced to the Clifton Strengths model and the Strengths philosophy. We did a training as a team and I was hooked 
And everyone else on my team was like, well, that was a nice day. Let's continue doing what we're actually excited about, which is our job. Um, and so therein kind of let, mm-hmm. let me split off and notice, oh, I'm really interested in this human element, uh, less concerned with maybe a product or sure. um, something we're achieving and really interested in the humans that make those things happen. Um, and so I love working with people to really be tuning in and paying attention to like, what is it that's lighting me up? What is it that I get excited about? Um, like for my husband, it's golf. Doesn't matter what day, what the weather, he would probably golf in this blizzard that we're having right now. What do you get up and get excited about doing? Um, and how can you do more of that? Um, so yeah, that was kind of my start. Also did a lot of work with managing volunteers, which was really interesting in a couple of positions where I'd have a team of people who weren't obligated by any contract or agreement of pay to do anything I asked them to do. Um, So it was a really interesting way to learn about what really gets people motivated, what excites people, what why and how do people do the work that they choose to do when at any moment they could just say, nah, I'm not that interested. Um, So that wasn't always the successful learning curve that I had, but was really helpful when we're talking with leaders and managers about um, having teams engaged and excited about the work that they're doing together. Well, it sounds like you found this, the perfect position or role for yourself then. Pinching myself a lot. That's great. How about you, Care? Yeah, I had a similar a similar experience, but a slightly different like excite moment of excitement and hooking. Um, I was working at a nonprofit in in Southeast Grand Rapids with really incredible people doing really cool work, and just feeling like I'm not sure (laughs) if this is if this is it for me, or you know something felt a little bit a bit off. and I was man, like a new manager, still a baby in, you know, the adult world sense um, and was recommended to get a, a mentor. And I met Greg, who is the G of AG Collaborative. Um, he wasn't then. He was just Greg then. Um, and he was going through a coach training program. And I followed in his footsteps, went through the same coach training program with um, Coactive Training Institute and fell in love with the world of coaching. So it's really, I showed up to the first training, like this is a way you can be in the world. (laughs) Like people are doing this regular, like there is a group of people here who are talking about like what our dreams are and practicing how to act, like have like really deep active listening and high, you know, energy resonant conversations. So it took a while for AG to start, but I was kind of just in the in the wings waiting yeah. until I got to be doing this work more often. Well, you both seem ideally suited for this kind of work, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of origins, uh, so I, there was a time in my career where I was on a, on a team and I recognized at some point that we were working really hard just to be good. And, and then finally, we, we decided that if we focused on working cohesively and incorporated some team development, that we would notice a huge difference. We did. We noticed a huge difference in terms of the quality of our work and how we felt about our work. So does that match what you've observed? Uh, and do you have any recommendations that would help me or others recognize that sooner? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that story. And I like, if we could just fill all the billboards with a quick <laughs> wake up call, um, we would love that. Right. And I think often we, we assume we need to show up in more of like a mechanical way, mm-hmm. um, to work and like, like we're sort of robots just clicking in to our spot on the team and working effectively together. But we're humans who are wired for connection first. And we just happen to be showing up to the same place of work at the same time. Um, and the sooner we can realize that like the human element is, is not only important, but it's kind of critical and essential to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, the more quickly we can have those high functioning relationships where we can build that trust, which is the foundation for which we're going to work well together. And, um, and I, I know like, Ooh, I know what Mike is good at and I can mm-hmm. trust him for, for delivering on that. Or I'm going to ask him for help when I'm stuck over here because what he loves to do is actually what I don't love to do. So how cool is that? That we're in the same place at the same time. So what you're saying is you could have a bunch of really intelligent people in the room, talented people, but if there's not trust and relationships and an interest in one another and how you do the work, then you're just going to be working hard to be good. That- mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think there's, there's like a lot of hustling that happens yeah. then, you know, like everyone's trying to make sure that they're worthy of their spot on the team they're feeling like they need to prove themselves and um, don't have that like inherent like foundation of relationship that they can lean back on and then know like oh no i'm here and i'm valued and people know what i bring so i get to just have that sense of freedom and showing up bringing that without needing to to kind of hustle and prove yeah so if you were talking oh Oh, you go ahead. My fault. I was gonna say, if you were talking with young people who are like students mm-hmm. preparing to enter the world of work or continually learning, what kind of advice would you give them as they embark on their first steps as adults? Yeah, um, I love that question. And my first uh, thought is we all look like adults and even put on some fancy clothes to make us ourselves look very impressive sometimes um, and might have big titles but most of us are still some form of the little kid we were when we were growing up. Um, especially for young people entering the workforce where there can be an intimidation factor with, I bet all of these people know more about this than I do or know how to do this. Um, and really know it, noticing like, yeah, we are all these feeling, thinking kids who want to know, like Kiri's saying, am I doing a good job? Um, do people like me? Uh, like, uh, that hurt my feelings when you said that. A lot of these things that our kids talk about in kindergarten that we mm-hmm. kind of coach them through, we're still wrestling through in the workplace. Uh, we just might use some different tools to navigate it. So really leaning in with some of those initial lessons of practicing curiosity is a really great tool when we're with our colleagues. Um, What are questions that we can ask about them? What are questions we can ask about the situation? Um, You know, we can often feel afraid to look dumb, but some of the best creativity and innovation comes when someone's daring enough to just kind of say what they're Mm -hmm. unsure about and name their questions. Um, Also probably 
this might speak more to like my own growth journey, but feelings are really great places to find information for us in the workplace. Um, So sometimes we can show up and think that professional means we need to ignore our feelings. And we definitely want to take ownership for our reactions and our responses. But having sensations, having emotions, um, that can give us really great insight into what's going on and what we need to do to move a relationship or a project forward. Um, That whole kind of... uh, discipline of behavioral economics Mm -hmm. that says, yeah, we're not actually thinking beings. We are feeling beings who sometimes think, uh, and sometimes we get that mixed up. So I really like what I took away from your opener was that a lot of us already have skills that we learn Mm -hmm. early in life and just lean on them and trust that they're going to get us through new situations. Is that what you're, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to reinvent the, like, I think sometimes we think we need to make it more complicated than it is. And sometimes that simplicity, um, like that we can see in our children of that really unashamed, just asking or just saying how you feel and giving some feedback can be really helpful in those moments. Right. So what do you both do to stay current? I mean, certainly you're talking with a lot of people in diverse situations You've got to know a lot and be a lot. You know, what do you do to, one, keep the saw sharp, uh, if you will, but also just to stay current in what's happening in terms of this behavioral psychology and leadership development? And... Hmm. We were laughing a bit at that question because Kat and I are probably the least current people. Um, we have like a bit of like ancient souls um, and just feel our way through the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, Greg on our team is always reading all the books. And so Kat was, Kat was sharing like, oh, I usually just ask um, Greg what book he's reading. And then I find a podcast that'll give me the quick version of that book <laughs> on my commute. Um, yeah. And I think my answer to that is like, I, I stay connected to the world and to different aspects of our work, mostly through my number one strength, which is Relator. And so I love having really deep and really intimate conversations with with a few people around me. And through that, I usually learn and tap into things that are happening that they're connected to and that they care about. And then I usually end up caring a lot about them alongside. So Mm -hmm. I love that. So you don't have to you don't have to necessarily read a bunch of books or spend time researching. You you listen and tune in to what's happening around you and leverage that. How about you, Kat? Yeah, um, probably similarly. I wish that I read as much as our our G, Greg. Um, And yeah, there's so many books on leadership and whittling through which ones are worthwhile and which ones Mm -hmm. aren't can be a time job in and of itself. Um, Kind of with Carrie, like that, for me, it's that strength of connectedness, which Carrie actually also has too. like things in different disciplines, a lot kind of circles all back to we're all humans, even if it's a different problem or a different situation. A lot of times the themes, the lessons can be the same or at least rhyme a bit. Um, So whether it's a memoir reading or talking with a friend about what's going on at their job, 
um, kind of checking and remembering to check in with myself and like, Ooh, what is feeling meaningful about this? What is feeling resonant? Um, and paying attention to that is really helpful. That's great. Um, we do have some books that we can always <laughs> recommend. Like, I think we have some favorites and there's a lot more in the lived experience sure. that can be learned versus just reading things off a page. Right. Well, thank you for that. So I've, I've been talking with Carrie Bergman and Kat Schulte about leadership coaching and setting goals. Carrie and Kat, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, oh, thanks for having us. It's a joy to be with you, Mike. The conversation. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the work that you do and, and appreciate that you underscore the fact that success doesn't just happen. It takes a focus, a deliberate focus. And, um, and we also need the help and support of others. So thank you for having this conversation with me today. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop. <laughs>